Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. By the way, parents, I had a sneak peek at all the classrooms on Thursday and Friday as they were doing the work. And I do just, I know they're all probably just walked out. We have some great leaders in this church that they're not paid, by the way. They're volunteer. They serve the Lord with gladness um, through from our deacons board to our kids ministry, our ushers, worship team. We have a great crew at Weston, and uh, they came. They took time this week and decked out those classrooms, their theme. So if it's called Safari Land, it looks like a safari. If it's Arctic Chill, it looks pretty chilly, like an igloo almost, like really cool stuff. And I just want to commend uh, our teams at Weston and just say thank you. So if you have kids and you're going to go pick them up later, just take an extra moment and just thank those who are serving there. Uh, they're, they're doing that so we could sit and listen to the Word of God together today. I'm grateful for them, and I pray, parents, you are as well. This morning, I'm excited to jump into the Word. And, um, you know, I was watching TV, and I don't honestly do that a lot these days. Uh, Life just moves too quickly, and there are too many other things that are more important. But just for a moment, I don't remember what evening it was, but the news was on. And I kid you not, it's only bad news. I don't know if you've ever, it's like, who, this shooting here, this shooting there, this accident there, this, you know, and I just thought, good Lord, I'm glad I don't fill my life with that junk. Now, if you watch news and you wait up, you know, till 11 p.m., because this is what you do, I'm not judging you. I'm, my grandparents used to do it, but it's just, I had a, a glimpse of reality, and I thought, why would we want to watch the news and realize and fill our lives with all of that junk, Does it really happen? Does it affect people? Absolutely. I'm not being insensitive, but I just thought, man, if this is all we do, we would never think there was a hope for this world. Can you say amen? But I'm here to remind you that we have a hope, and his name is Jesus. Can you say amen? And this morning, I want to preach with God's help a message entitled, The Heart of the Gospel. The Heart of the Gospel. And the gospel, in its essence simply means good news. Amen? Not bad news, not the news that you would watch on CTV or Global or CP24, but good news, glad tidings. There's a reason why Jesus came to earth, and it's to bring good news. You know, when he was even coming, we think at Christmas time, right? The beginning of Matthew, the beginning of Luke, and you read those passages. The angels were announcing what? Good news, glad tidings of great joy. And I'm here to remind us today that the heart of the gospel is good news for everyone. The heart of the gospel is good news. You know, in the preaching of the gospel throughout the New Testament, it's very simple. It focused on the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. If you read through the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, you'll find that that's their sermon outline. The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. They would find common ground in the Old Testament, so they would build up um, leading into what Jesus did here on earth through his death, burial, and then the resurrection. This is central to the gospel message that Jesus came and he died for you and for me. He died, why? To set us free. We are no longer slaves to the sin that would bind us and hold us down, but we are set free from all of that in Jesus' name to live a new and victorious life in Christ. This is the invitation of the good news. And this morning, if you have your Bible, let's read in Matthew chapter 4, because we want to look at Jesus since we're talking about the heart of the gospel. Matthew chapter 4, if you are able, would you stand in honor of the reading of God's word? Chapter 4, we'll have it on the screen behind me in the New Living Translation. Some of you, I hear pages turning, I love it. 
I'm a big fan of opening the book. Others, I see like a glow on your face, and it's pretty cool, just the same. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, we'll start reading there. It says this, From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. In verse 23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And news about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I know your word is anointed, and it's, it will accomplish everything you need it to in our hearts and in our lives. And so, Father, now I simply pray that you would anoint me, that I would communicate your word as you want it to be expressed and communicated this morning. But, God, I also pray for open hearts. Lord, if there's a hard heart in this room or listening one day on the podcast, Lord, would you soften even the hardest of hearts today that we would hear how pure and good the gospel message is. Lord, we ask you this in your precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, some of you might know that I pray after we read scripture every time. And, and I don't do it out of a ritual. I want you to know that in case you wonder and you say, yeah, just he's very predictable. The reason why I pray is because I'm genuinely asking for God's help. I don't, want me, I don't want it to be me just opening my mouth to, to say what I think needs to be heard. But I, I'm literally asking God to speak through me and straight to your hearts this morning. Can you say amen? Before it can speak to your heart, the word has to speak to my heart. And I have to submit my, myself to God's leadership and I surrender everything. So I'm just asking God, now that we're ready to do this, uh, help me as I communicate your word. Just in case you ever wondered that and you think, well, Pastor John does, just does it out of a routine. It's not. I routinely ask for God's help. That's the routine. And so this morning, the heart of the gospel, as we start in, in chapter 4, verse 17... Jesus is just at the cusp, at the very beginning of his earthly ministry. You know, it, it didn't happen right away. Though Jesus knew the, the special calling on his life, you know, it took many, many years. His ministry started at age 30. Some of us, we get frustrated. I guess the side message for some of us today is patience, right? Wait patience, patiently. But Jesus knew, you know, even at 12 years old, he was... You know, his, his parents thought he was with them, but he was still there teaching the teachers in the synagogue. But there was this uh, calling on his life, an anointing to do what he was born to do. But there was still a season and a time where he was kind of dormant, if you will. Don't get tired in that season of waiting. Don't, don't grow weary in, in doing good and kind of in that in the in-between. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but it's an important part. But here's Jesus. Now his ministry is starting. He's 30 years old. He's seen probably how everyone is, and he knows how, how everyone acts. But here he is beginning to preach. And what's interesting, the words, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He's basically starting out where John the Baptist was, was kind of preaching and leaving, leaving off. So 
he starts off with a very similar phrase. And Jesus begins his preaching in the same words as John the Baptist. Because the repentance which John taught still was and ever will be the necessary preparation for that inward kingdom. You see, if repentance is not a part of the gospel, it's not the full gospel being shared or preached. Repentance, I didn't hear one amen, because you can either say amen or ouch. But repentance is key. Repentance is key. You can't turn to God, but still be turned to what you were doing in, in your yesterday. You see, repent of your sins and turn to God. You're like, I don't even know what repent means. Let me quickly and easily explain it to you. It means this is what you're doing or this is the direction of your life or this is what has your attention and focus. And you are turning from that way of living to God now. And everything that you used to do, you no longer do. How you used to speak and cuss and swear and take the Lord's name in vain, you don't do those things anymore. You've turned from those ways. You've turned your back to them. Some of us, we know how to turn our back in a conversation because we don't like the person or what they're saying. And we're really good at that, right? And we know how to do it and we have attitude as we do it. That's how you have to turn from sin. When you understand what God has done through His Son Jesus for you. Repentance has to be... a. Here's what I think is a condition that we find in today's church. Not Weston. I'm just saying in a church where the gospel is not explain clearly we have people saying I need Jesus but I still need my stuff I still have my addictions I still have my tendencies and I'm still gonna use those things to help me when I feel like Jesus is is just not enough I want you to know today that Jesus is more than enough that's why he's the God he's El Shaddai he's the God Almighty the God of more than enough and so when we repent of our sins, it's, Lord, I'm sorry for thinking I knew what was best. So sometimes it's not even the things in our lives, it's us. It's our way, our thinking. Lord, I repent for thinking that I was better than you, that I didn't need your love. And I'm turning now from that way of thinking, Lord, I completely depend on you. Lord, I need your love. I'm nothing without you. And it's a completely different way of life and living. Repentance is key to the gospel. And Jesus started by echoing what John the Baptist was already proclaiming. And it's necessary preparation for what God wants to put on the inside of you. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is not necessarily observed with the eye either. Because I could look around at a mall and they're just people. Right? The difference is who's on the inside. The difference is the light. Now, it should make a difference eventually in an environment. Because if we are no different than the world, then what's the point of our gospel or our Jesus anyways? So some of us, we live exactly like our neighbor who does not know Jesus. Then why on earth at Easter or Christmas or a special service would you give them an invite card? What do you mean? Why do I need your Jesus? You and me are exactly the same. And some of us live like this. But listen, when the gospel is understood and received, the gospel of Jesus, we, there has to be a difference, a marked difference on the inside of me, which eventually shows on the outside. And so, you see, John, this is what he said. Jesus was echoing that, but however, John had called people to repent and be baptized. But listen, Jesus called them to repent and believe the good news, right? Baptism is a part of giving your life to Christ. We announced it September 22nd. We have people already signed up. But this also, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior... You don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to be, wait till you're good enough. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior and you've given him your life, you've said yes to him. He's your Lord and Savior. Get baptized. It's a public declaration. Public, like this ring, right? You know I love Priscilla. You know that I choose to love Priscilla and I choose to show everybody. Water baptism, I point because that's where we do it right back there. Is the same way. 
So John, though, he just said, repent and be baptized. But Jesus, he's being a little more articulate, but he says, repent and turn to God. Repent and believe the good news. And in Jesus' preaching, the kingdom of heaven was going to be a central theme that he would come and revisit time and time again. You see, God is king, and his rule was now being made effective through Jesus. You see, Jesus brought good news, but this is before his death. Now we who know the scriptures are on the other side of the cross. We know that Jesus himself is the gospel. Jesus himself is the good news. So he came and he brought good news. He was telling people, hey, God loves you and he wants a right relationship with you. And he's making a way. But then Jesus became the way for you and for me. And so this is the gospel. This is the good news. The kingdom of God was shown first in the life of Jesus and then in the lives of his followers. I want to ask, are there any followers of Jesus today? Amen? So it has to be evident. It was evident through the life of Jesus, but also now through his followers. And we get to his disciples. So the first, if you like to take notes, let me just make sure I'm giving you a bit of the structure and outline. The first is Jesus' message, what we've been talking about. But the second is Jesus' men, or his first disciples, if you will. I'm trying to keep the alliteration going. So Jesus' men, in verses 18 to 22, but to believe the good news is to believe in Jesus. To believe in Jesus is to follow him. And so he called his first disciples, and, and he's still calling today. Did you know that? He called, he said, Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, John, come follow me. But today he's calling still, saying, come and follow me. Come and be my disciples. And I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that the gospel is for all. The gospel is for all. It's not exclusive it doesn't leave the poor people out. No, no, no. This is for all. God sent his one and only son that whosoever, whoever would believe will not perish but have everlasting life. This is the heart of God and the gospel. And so Peter, Andrew, James, and John, you know what I love about these guys? They were big shots. No, I was wrong. I, I, don't, I had a wrong note there. Hold on. Oh, my iPad's a little old. I couldn't. No, they're ordinary men. They're ordinary people doing ordinary things. What do I mean? They were just at their nine to five. As fishermen, it would have been through the night also. So flip that around if you will. But they were at their nine to five. You know, I know students, you're going to go back to school soon. But those of you who work now, you're the 9 to 5, like you don't really get a rest, right? Tomorrow, you're going to go to work. The reality is, the gospel is designed to meet you where you're at. The gospel is designed not for like, oh, let me get everything in order. Let me do the right thing or say the right. Let me go to the right place first. No, the gospel is meant to find you exactly where you are. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're the, the richest person in this room. It doesn't matter if you're the poorest person. It doesn't matter if you're the person with the most energy or you're the person who literally had to drag yourself into this place today. doesn't matter if you were willing to come or unwilling to come. The gospel is for everyone. And it, it reaches to anybody, whosoever will. And this is the beauty of God's plan. And these men are ordinary. They're doing their ordinary things. And look what it says, verse 18. They're in the middle of work. They're throwing their net into the water, the first boat. And Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for bigger fish. No, 
Remember, this is how they made their, their bread and butter, their livelihood. He said, come and I'll teach you how to fish from people. Follow me. And you know what they did? They left what they were doing because they understood that the offer Jesus was making them was far greater and far better. That, that everything Jesus has for your life, I want you to know, is better than what you can try to muster up for yourself. And when you say yes to the gospel, you're saying yes to God's plan for your life. And they, they, they left what they were doing in the middle of their shift, in the middle of working. They had their nets thrown in and they left to follow what Jesus had invited them to do. So there's a great reminder in the ordinary things of life. It's in the ordinary, in the routine things of life where Jesus wants to shine through us. What do I mean by that? Well, guess what? We are the bearers of this good news now. Amen? And so you might think like work is not a good place. Uh, and I've said before, if you're getting paid to work, make sure you do a good job. Make sure you work well. You represent Christ well and all of those things. I mean, you can represent Christ, but what about yourself? <laughs> represent yourself well, but of course represent Jesus well. But here's the thing. These guys found the gospel while they were at work. Jesus showed up and called them to a better life. When you go to work, you have the opportunity to talk to people. You have the opportunity to invite your coworkers and your friends to a, a life of meaning and to a better life in Christ. Uh, no one's getting excited. Maybe it's daunting to you, but this is the opportunity. You see, you might think it's like, but pastor, I can't say it as well as you. I can't explain it as well as you. Listen, talk about what God has done in your life. Share with, well, like, why do you serve Jesus? Why do you come to church? Why do you love him? Why do you worship? Share those things with your coworkers. Let them know how much you love Jesus. And as you live for him, even in the marketplace, I'm convinced that you will have opportunities to invite them to a life of meaning in Jesus. Amen. I'm going to amen that. I don't get the opportunity to work a secular job. I, I'm blessed and I'm privileged to, to work in the ministry. There's nothing else that I, I would rather do. But you know what? You have a mission field where maybe I will never step foot. So you might think that I could better explain it, but I'm not you. I don't have the opportunity that God has given you. And we have a ministry and we have the gospel. It's the same gospel. And if, the, if Jesus can come and find these guys doing their ordinary thing and call them to a life, a better life, a meaningful life, a life of purpose, guess what? God can use you in the 9 to 5 to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are testimonies and and. I'm, gonna, I'm making a promise, and I don't often do this, but I'm going to set this up so that we can have people from our church come, and they're going to sit up here. I'm, I might interview them, but you're going to hear how God uses you in the marketplace at work to influence people. Because this is what we've call, we're called to do. Go into the world and make disciples. By the way, this is the heart of the conference that we're hosting because I know that we understand this, but we have to make sure that we're living it out. Amen? So we are salt and light. You, you can't dance around it. We gather, but then we have to go. And we have to go. This light and salt is not meant for this gathering. It's meant here to get recharged and refueled, refocused. But it's meant really for the world. It's meant for work. It's meant to go and transform our world. And so... Jesus calls these ordinary men. I want you to know that Jesus is still calling today. Don't forget. And, and God wants to use you to reach others. Amen? It's important. You can't pass the buck. If you're a believer, you own the responsibility. If you're an unbeliever here today, I'm going to give you a, you get, you get a free pass for now. Because I believe Jesus is still calling you to a life of meaning. And we'll give you an opportunity at the end of this message. But the gospel, see, he tells them, come and follow me and I'll teach you to be fishers of men or of people. And so we get, we get that they're fishermen, they know how to catch fish. 
But Jesus is kind of throwing something that's beyond what they could probably uh, make sense of in the moment. Like fish for men. Like, but we don't even see them try to grapple with the reality of what Jesus meant. They just understood that when Jesus calls, we're going to obey. And we're choosing to obey. And they leave whatever it was that they had. You know, what's interesting, these men that he was calling... He wasn't just calling them as a fan base. You follow me for a second. He wasn't calling them saying, come, I need a, my, my posse, my entourage. He wasn't calling people so that he can look more important. He wasn't calling them so he could have more street cred. He was calling them not as supporters, but as active participants in the work of ministry. Do you see that? Because Jesus knew his days were numbered. He was on mission, but then who was going to carry the work of the kingdom? These guys, these ordinary people, these ordinary people, you and me. It's still happening today, and we can't overlook the fact. And so listen, if you are a Christian here today, a believer, you cannot just come as a supporter. As much as I love you, as much as I'm happy you're here today, uh, I don't need a fan base. I really don't. I have my family. I have my wife. I don't need an entourage to make me feel good. I already feel good. I have, a, I have a great life. I'm blessed. What we need to do, though, is understand that we're coming to get filled up because we are active participants. Can you say amen? Jesus didn't die so we can have this, this opportunity to come and just be consumers. But he came so that we can receive and then be contributors to the kingdom. This is what he's called us to, to do. And it's at the heart of the gospel. You see, what you've received, you freely give now. The gospel is not selfish. It's, it's about giving. That God gave us his one and only son, Jesus. Now that I've received him. It's not just for me. I can't hoard him. I can't be selfish with him. I have to give. So this is part of what it is. It's, they're, they're not, he's not calling them to be supporters of his ministry, but he's calling them to disciple them, to mentor them, to train them. This is the heart of the gospel, discipleship. So he's training them. He's mentoring them. Why? To do the work of ministry. And friend, it's no different today. Connect nights are starting in September. On the, on the 20th, and you want to get into God's Word, you want to grow in your faith and grow in your relationships with one another, get connected. Come. You know, the saddest news that I hear is people who've left the church and said, ah, I didn't really connect or get to connect with anybody. But the reality is, sometimes that could be the case. But sometimes, on the other hand, you got to stick around. you got to show up. you got to get connected. You have to do your part as well. You can't just come and expect everyone to, to, to latch and to pull you in. Sometimes you just got to throw yourself in and realize, no, there is a family here at Weston. There is, there's a body of, of believers that are just like me, and we get to do life together. And so just putting it out there, Connect Night, the heart of the gospel Jesus and his message, but discipleship. You can't walk around it. That's why we find Jesus here calling people to disciple them and to mentor them. He gets to the next uh, boat. So the, there was the first one with Andrew and, uh, and Peter or Simon Peter. But next is James and John. You know what's interesting as I was reading through it? It says that the two other brothers, James and John, were sitting in a boat with their father, and they were repairing their nets. You know, I feel like maybe there's someone here today, and you're, you're kind of like that. You're sitting in your 9 to 5, you're trying to fix what's broken, and you kind of, you're so enveloped in doing this that you don't even notice Jesus is right there, and Jesus is calling you. And what's interesting here. Compared to the first boat, they leave their nets and they go. Here, their nets are being repaired. And they're probably getting it ready for the next uh, throw-in. That's fine. But it says that they, when Jesus calls, that they immediately leave. An interesting point. So the, the response to the gospel, they immediately leave to the call of Jesus. But then, get this. They leave the boat and 
their father in the boat. And I just felt, I'm not going to, like there's not no hidden meaning in that. I just felt the Holy Spirit um, highlight the part about the father. And that maybe there's someone here who you've given your life to Christ, but it came at a cost. And it came at the cost and the expense of your family. Not in a good way, but in, 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 in the way of, if you choose this Jesus, then we're cutting you out of the family. I don't know if there's someone here, but if there is someone here that you said yes to Jesus and it cost you your personal family, like your parents, I want you to know that Jesus is here. He knows the sacrifice. This is just what I felt the Holy Spirit wanting me to say this morning, that there might be someone that he sees the sacrifice and he knows the cost that your yes came at, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I don't know who here has to hear that. But they, they chose immediately to leave the boat, but their father also for the cause of Christ. Friend, maybe you haven't given your life to Christ, but you've been coming to church. But maybe your family said, if you choose and if you say yes to Jesus, you're out. You don't, don't expect to come back. I don't know. But I want you to know it's worth it for the cause of Christ. And you'll never be alone. Even if this earthly family chooses to cut ties, that you're never alone. you got the family of God. And the Bible says of Jesus that he's a friend who sticks even closer than a brother. And so they immediately follow him. And as we get to the end of this part, you know, I just want to sum it up by saying this, that the heart of the gospel is truly surrender. The heart of the gospel is to surrender. And you can't leave the boat. You can't leave your net. You can't leave your father in the boat unless you're willing to surrender. Unless you're willing to leave it all, trusting that the life that Jesus is inviting you to is a life that is better than the life you're leaving behind. Some of us, it's easy because we've had a bad life and you'll say yes to anything that presents itself as better. But I believe it's also harder for those who have a decent life, who maybe money is always there, you have everything that this world can offer you. Hear me, because you might be sitting in this room today, and you might have the appearance of being a Christian, but you're just sitting in the church warming up a pew. And maybe you have everything, so you kind of just go through the motions of church, but you don't really need what Jesus is inviting you to. The heart of the gospel is surrender. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. You surrender either nothing or everything. And you surrender everything for the gospel, for the cause of Christ. This is the invitation that he gives us. The heart of the gospel is surrender. And then thirdly, I want to look at Jesus' ministry. So we talked about, number one, Jesus' message Jesus' men, and then thirdly, Jesus' ministry. In verse 23, it tells us that Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, and he was teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. Remember, we said the central focus of Jesus' message was the kingdom of heaven. And so what is he doing in the synagogues? He's announcing the kingdom of heaven. And I love that it goes on to say, not just the teaching and the preaching or the announcing, but it goes on to say, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Verse 24, news about him, I'm reading it, news about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. You know, we talked about the heart of the gospel is surrender, and maybe you're here, and you know, you heard me say, well, for the poor person or the person who doesn't have much or their life's been really hard, it's, it's maybe easier. But for the person who's had a decent and good life, it might be a little harder. You know what I love about what we're reading now? Is that when Jesus' ministry, when the effects of the preaching and teaching of the gospel are, are done well, you're going to start to see the result of that word. You're going to start to see the full gospel on display. So when the full gospel is preached, we will see the full effects of the gospel. 
hear, hear me what I'm saying, healing of body, mind, and soul. We're going to see these take place. When the full gospel is preached, the full effects of the gospel will be on display. Listen, the gospel is meant to transform your life. It's meant to do something on the inside and on the outside. But here's the thing. If all you are coming for is information, to know more, to have more knowledge, knowledge is good. But it was meant for so much more. It's meant for transformation. And that's why if your approach is only to come to hear and to, to critique and to evaluate, there's nothing wrong with using your God-given computer, your brain. We're supposed to. But the, the, the message has to move beyond here. It has to touch your heart. It has to move beyond what I understand. And it has to be able to go to a level where I need faith to believe. Where I have to use faith now to apply the word of God to my life. Why? If I didn't need faith, without faith it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. So I need faith. Faith is an element to receive the good news of Jesus. It's by faith. Amen? And so, if all I'm coming for is information, I will receive information, but I will lack the transformation. Maybe I could change, but that's all based on my work and my ability to apply what I've heard. But when we apply the gospel to our heart, it begins a transforma transformative process in us that we cannot do on our own, but it's the work of the gospel inside of us. The work of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. That it takes faith to take God at His word. Amen? If you've taken God at his word, you know, you heard Marcia's testimony a few weeks ago. Nothing about it was ordinary. Nothing about their response to what the doctors were saying was ordinary. It was faith. And we heard the great testimony of what God has done in her life and he's still doing in her life. And so, Jesus' ministry, he was going, he was teaching And he was announcing. In other words, he was preaching and teaching. Similar to, to what you're hearing today. What I love about it is, it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. That when you proclaim what God's word says, God will always back up his word and it never returns void. One thing that I've been wrestling with lately with all these funerals and and deaths, and, and sickness, and, and watching the news for that matter. It's just like, Lord, you've given us everything. You've given us everything. The power of hell is defeated. The power of sin is broken. Why Sickness doesn't reign and rule. You do. And, and this is the thing that I've just been struggling with, if I can be very honest. Not that I doubt God, but I'm just saying, Lord... What are we not getting yet? What are we not understanding yet for us to see things happen here and now? Jesus preached and he taught. And then the, the, the response was the sick people were getting healed. The natural response from that was people were running to bring other sick people and they were getting healed. And it doesn't say that he healed most of them or a couple of them. It said that he healed all of them. And, and as I read God's word, as we read God's word, we understand the same power that raised Christ from the dead, resurrection power. So something was dead and it came back to life. So resurrection power lives inside of me. Therefore, God, when I pray, that power that's inside of me has to produce a result that I have not yet seen with my own eyes. I'm just simply asking why, Lord. And I'm asking that he would show me so, so we can see things change. But what I do know is when we proclaim God's word, he has to back up his word. I do know that matter-of-factly. And so I just want to break down for you a couple of these verses. Verse 24, we read it. News about him spread as far as Syria. People soon began bringing to him all who were sick. So check this out. And whatever their sickness or disease, 
Or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Now, in the, new, in the King James Version, I, I have that on the screen. I want to read it, and here's how it puts it. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. In other words, let me break down on the next slide. Palsy, paralysis, the greatest weakness of the body, right? Lunacy, mental illness, which is the greatest malady of the mind, and then demon possession. So, Jesus, as he was ministering, body, mind, and soul, that he was healing them all, of all kinds, in those three dimensions, in those three areas of our makeup. What, what that tells me is, when we understand the gospel, and when the gospel is proclaimed to the hearers, then we should see the results of the gospel taking place. You know, in when you read Jesus sending out his disciples, you know what happens? He tells them, he says, lay hands on the sick. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out the demons. He gave them the authority. And as a disciple, as a follower of Christ, guess what? That's still our mandate. That's still our work. It's still our job to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. That, that we can cast out demons. That we would see people healed not just in their physical body, but in their mind and in their soul. You see, sin is the sickest disease of all. Why? Because it separates us from God, but it kills us, literally. Sin is the sickness, disease, and torment of the soul. And Christ came to take away that sin and so to heal the soul. I'm going to ask the worship team to make their way back. You know, we referenced John the Baptist, and, and his, his ministry of, was to prepare the way for Jesus. He was the forerunner, and he prepared the way for Jesus. But here's something that John the Baptist never did in his ministry that Jesus now furthers and continues. Listen to this. The prominence of healing marks a significant advance beyond the ministry of John in that the power of the kingdom of heaven to which John looked forward to was now being experienced in action. So what John could only think and talk about was now being lived out through the ministry and life of Jesus. And this morning, Romans chapter 1 says this, For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome too, to preach the good news. And this is what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The, the good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Everyone say by faith. It's not by my thoughts or what I think, but it's received by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet this morning. The gospel is not a complicated thing to understand. It's simple. That sin, which we're all born with this nature, it's a tendency to do what is wrong instead of what is right. God said, no longer is it going to rule the day on this earth in the lives of people. Sin separates us from God. But God put into effect a better plan. And he said, I'm going to send Jesus to die on the cross to bridge the gap. So 
how can me how can I my faults my sins my failures how can I come and approach a holy God it's not because of who I am it's because of who Jesus is and what he has done on the cross when he died remember it's the death burial and resurrection so when he died he bore our sins you mean he loves me that much yes while we were yet sinners Christ died for us so he died and he took the debt that we owed and he paid it for us that's the death the burial he laid there for three days but on the third day he resurrected he rose from the dead and I want you to know that he's seated at the right hand of the father he's not dead that's why he's the only living God and when you put your trust and your life and you surrender to him he makes everything new you're dead to the old self but you're raised to new life in Christ you know it would it would be a shame to get through all of this message and to not give everyone here an opportunity to say yes to Jesus I'm just gonna ask in this moment if we would just bow our heads close our eyes you know you might be here in church you've been hearing the message you may have even been in church a long time but you've never surrendered your life to Christ maybe you've never given him every part this morning he's asking just like he asked those fishermen ordinary people come follow me but it requires you to leave everything behind and to say yes to him I wonder if there's anyone here you're ready to say yes to Jesus would you slip your hand up right now in this moment I want to lead you in a prayer where you invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior if there's anyone here today would you slip your hand up I, just so I can acknowledge it as we would pray the name of Jesus the second thing I want to ask is maybe you are a Christian but you're not living the fully surrendered life and instead of serving Jesus wholly and wholeheartedly maybe you still find yourself holding on to vices addictions lusts things of the flesh and th this is your constant battle but but Jesus came not so that you could be a slave to these things but he died to set you free to give you new life in Jesus name that you don't need to be addicted to pornography to nicotine to drugs to alcohol but he died to set you free in Jesus name if there's anyone here and and you want to give every part of your life to Jesus slip your hand up even now and I want to pray for everyone that's here if there's anyone here today I see the hands I see the hands I see the hands I see the hands hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord I see the hands thank you Lord the name of Jesus the name of Jesus there's one more call that I'm gonna give and then I'm gonna open up these altars and we're gonna pray those of you who lifted your hand I'm gonna invite you to come in a second but if you are here and you're sick in your body the worship team is gonna play but we're gonna pray because we believe in healing we're gonna pray because we believe in the gospel it's not just the gospel of peace it's not just the gospel of salvation but it's also the gospel of healing and it will bring healing to your body mind and soul that where you are afflicted that he will come like only he can and we're gonna lay our hands as it says in James chapter 5 lay your hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus name so I'm gonna open up these altars if you raised your hands and, and you need to break free from addiction and those things that are enslaving you you come and I need you to stand on on my left your right would you come now we're gonna pray you, this is not that you mean business with me but it's that you mean business with God and you're sick and tired of living that life this is it I saw hands all over so you come and we're gonna pray but if you need healing in your body I'm gonna ask that you would come on this side just so we know how to pray 
in Jesus name healing on this side right here in Jesus name in Jesus name we thank you Lord we thank you Lord thank you Lord hallelujah hallelujah I spoke with someone this morning who I know that they're battling with sickness and you know what I'm amazed that they're here this morning he said I don't feel good in my body I, I can't eat food but I'm here today and I thought what great faith that though your body is rejecting what it was designed to receive in the natural that he has come today not to receive food for his stomach not just strength to walk but that he would come to receive everything that God has in store in the name of Jesus friends I tell you today if there's anyone else come to these altars we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe God for breakthrough today we're gonna come and we're gonna surround you but it's not in us but the gospels being proclaimed it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that by his stripes you are healed so here's what I'm gonna ask as much as we're gonna come and pray would you begin to pray in faith would you begin to open your mouth and begin to tell God what it is that you're believing him for if he said it he can do it if he's done it for others he could do it for you he is the same yesterday today and forever and we're gonna hang on to every promise in his word in Jesus name if you're full of faith I'm just gonna ask you if you're filled with the Holy Ghost begin to pray in tongues we're gonna turn this into a Holy Ghost meeting and we're gonna believe God for breakthrough in Jesus name if you must go here's what I will say you can be dismissed but go quietly if you need to talk do it in the foyer let us honor and respect what God is doing but I encourage you if you have nowhere else to go besides home for lunch would you stay let's turn this into a place where people are receiving what they've come for amen let's pray and continue to believe together in jesus name thank you so much for listening to the sermon of the week god wants to work in your life and we want to hear it please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com thanks again for joining us we hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.